You do your best to take care of yourself. You eat well most of the time, move your body, and occasionally take some time for yourself. But you still come dangerously close to burnout. Or maybe it's already too late. Our guest today can help. We'll talk with Julie Wald, the founder and CEO of Golden, about the powerful practices that you can easily implement to heal what's broken, nurture inner and outer wellness, and live your best life. This is The Fit Mess, conversations with world-class experts in the fields of mental, physical, and emotional health. In this episode... I think balance is a tough word because it feels as though it sort of takes away some of our individuality. I think balance can be frustrating for people because I don't know that that's necessarily how we're built. At least in, in all the years that I've been coaching, that's a point of frustration for people. Now here are your hosts, Zach and Jeremy. Welcome to The Fit Mess brought to you by Athletic Greens. Thank you for listening while you're doing whatever it is you're doing right now. I'm Jeremy and he's Zach. We've been through all kinds of struggles and ended up stronger because of them, and we want to help you do the same. So if you're sick of your own shit and ready to make a change, you're in the right place. Constant stress, a lack of motivation, physical fatigue, sound familiar? You may be burned out from your job, your responsibilities at home, your never-ending to-do list, or all of the above. Zach, you're a big corporate high-powered muckety-muck. Burnout must be pretty common for you. Uh, burnout is. I don't know about high-powered <laughs> or any of that. You have a job that is stressful at some times. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the difference. You have, you have a real job, and I have this pretend one that I do at home and, and try and turn into a thing. I prefer yours yeah, that's not bad. mine sometimes. So my job can become stressful at times, for sure. And last week was one of those times where just, you know, a multitude of things all kind of hit at the same time and was one of those weeks where, you know, five o'clock rolled around and, and still had four more hours to go, um, you know, grabbed some food and sat on the couch with my laptop and just kept going. So last week was pretty rough, but I have learned, <laughs> it's taken me far too long to learn this, that like that kind of work. A, you choose it and B, it's temporary. So at the end of last week, I was really contemplating my future. It was that bad of a week. Mm. And I just made sure to, I didn't check out my work email. I took the weekend off mm -hmm. and took the rest time. And by Monday, I was okay. And I think that's where I would have suffered in the past if I continued my the way I worked in the past to you know, the job that I have today, I would have worked all weekend because mm -hmm. I have work to do. And it's taken me so long to realize that like when I stop on Friday night, the work's still going to be there Monday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just going to be there. I don't have to work through the weekend. In some cases I do, but in this particular instance, I knew that I needed to stop for a couple of days. So I just enjoyed the weekend, spent time with my daughter did some things. It was, it was a really good weekend. And I came back this week feeling pretty good on Monday. And while this week was also just as busy and had some high stress, I don't feel anywhere near like I did last week because I gave myself that breathing room. I let myself come down from, you know, that really, really high stress and burnout. That's the lesson that we're going to learn in the interview that we have today is making sure that you're still sort of nurturing yourself when all of the demands of work and life become too much. Because 
okay, great. For, for the person who does at five o'clock punch out and they don't have to put in the extra four hours, they probably still have to go home and make dinner for their kids and get them to bed and clean the house and do the laundry and put gas in the tank and pay the bills. Like as an adult, you find out pretty quickly that the work never ends. And so it's really, and it's really easy to get caught up in it. And, and the, the wheel just keeps spinning. And every now and then you've got to find a way to get off of it, whether that's just listening to some great music, calling a friend, just taking time for yourself to just unplug from all of that. Because like you said, the job will be there Monday, but so will everything else. It's all mm-hmm. still going to be there in 10 minutes or in 10 days, however long that you, you need to, re- to recharge and take care of yourself. But knowing when to jump off the wheel before it's too late, before you collapse and it just starts spinning with you in it. That's the trick. And the other trick is to recognize when other people are imposing deadlines on you Mm -hmm. that don't need to be imposed. Everyone thinks that their, uh, you know, requirement of you, right. Whether it's a kid or somebody at work or the DMV, right. Mm -hmm. They're all imposing these timelines on you. But for the most part, those timelines are something you can push back on. You don't have to deal with them right away. Now, you know, feeding your kid. <laughs> That's yeah, a tricky one. You know, that, that one you might have to take care of, like, within a reasonable time frame, or you might have some legal issues. But, you know, again, like, most of the stuff that we feel is urgent and that we really need to do right now can actually be pushed back. You can take a breather, and it's going to be there when you show up again. There's not going to be a great tragedy, maybe a little one. Uh, but I think that is the one thing that I have learned and has been so valuable is when somebody asks of my time, mm-hmm. my default is not right now. Oh, that's good. I will get to it. I'm not saying no, I will do it, but not right now. That's good. Any, any people pleaser out there that's listening right now is going, what is, how do you do that? How do you put that sentence into play? Because it's, it's really easy to want to solve everyone's problems and, and fix them. But that's, I tell people all the time, if you don't create your own boundaries, other people will create them for you and you're not going to like where they line up. So if, if you don't have those boundaries in place, that's, that's a good skill to practice to, to be able to say no or to be able to say not right now. But one thing you shouldn't say not right now to is your nutritional health. I started taking Athletic Greens because Zach told me to. For months, he shared why it was so helpful for him while I was swallowing three fistfuls of vitamins three times a day. I have to tell you, I noticed a difference on day one. I felt better and didn't have that 4 p.m. energy crash that I thought was normal. Now I've been on it for several weeks and I love it. It's packed with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, and probiotics, and it works with any diet plan, and it tastes great. For less than three bucks a day, you're investing in your health for a lot less than your cabinet full of vitamins or your daily coffee habit. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system now with convenient daily nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Those are so handy. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash fitmess. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash fitmess to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You'll also find that link on our website, thefitmess.com. Our guest today is Julie Wald. And she does it all. She's a psychotherapist, yoga teacher, meditation coach, and founder of Golden, formerly Namaste Wellness. 
For the last couple of decades, she's been working with high performers to develop realistic wellness plans and approaches to managing their overall physical health and mental health. So we asked her for some common threads that those clients come to her with looking for help. You know, I think not surprisingly, it's stress, it's burnout, it's feeling like they're burning, you know, the candle at both ends. It's feelings of even overwhelm and confusion around the sea of things that they quote unquote should be doing and figuring out how to prioritize what to do. Should I be exercising? Should I be meditating? Should I be eating a certain way? How do I know which one is most important? And what if I just want to spend time with friends? Is that good enough, you know, or is that part of my wellness journey? And so people are hearing so much messaging and so much information that's sifting through sort of what's so really the highest and best use of, of their time and how to prioritize accordingly is also kind of a common issue that we hear. So you've got a book called Inner Wealth. I would love to hear you give like a, just a high level overview of the book. And specifically, you talk about the four pillars of wellness. What are they? Yes. So in the book, we talk, uh, and I really share the journeys of different incredible clients that I've worked with through the years who have faced different obstacles along their journeys. And these are really high-performing individuals. They are incredibly intelligent and they face very nuanced obstacles like we all do. And so I really share their journeys and how they overcome those obstacles in really small and meaningful and realistic ways. But it's all really through the framework of what we call the four pillars of wellness, which are movement, stillness, connection, and nourishment. So that's movement, stillness, connection, and nourishment. And really oftentimes what I found in my, and do find in my private practice is that people will come and say, I don't know why I'm not okay. I go on my Peloton every day. I eat nothing but kale and avocados. Like, What's the problem here? And oftentimes we have to look at the four pillars and we say, okay, well, they have the movement box checked. You know, maybe them, they're nourishing themselves nutritionally, but are they nourishing themselves with things that really fill up their spirits? Are they listening to amazing music if that's what they love? Are they seeing theater? Are they finding ways to really feed their soul? We talk about their stillness. Are they getting enough sleep? What does their downtime look like? When are they finding time to restore and refresh? Maybe it's mindfulness. Maybe it's another more formal stillness practice, so to speak. And last, but actually probably most importantly, is connection. And you can be on your Peloton all day long and you can be eating the perfect diet ever. But if your relationships and connection are really not fulfilling and not sort of containing certain elements such as authenticity and in some cases just intimacy, then you could walk around feeling really depleted a lot of the time, no matter what else you're doing. So people have blind spots and you could be amazing at certain pillars of wellness, meaning that you are really consistent, but you know, sometimes we don't really totally see the full picture because as I'm sure, you know, it's hard to see the forest through the trees. So it sounds like, like we hear so often with so many wellness practices that balance is really key. Why is it so hard for us to find that balance? What are some of the biggest challenges that we face with that? You know, 
I, I would, I, I believe, yes, balance is important, but I don't know. I think balance is a tough word because it feels as though it sort of takes away some of our individuality. And, you know, sometimes I always like to say everything in moderation, including moderation. Um, yeah. You know, so it's kind of like, if I'm a serious athlete, Movement may always be my major, most primary source of stress management because it's just the lowest hanging fruit. It's where I'm naturally inclined to go in terms of self-care, but that doesn't mean that I don't need to make sure that I'm taking care in these other areas. And that might mean that I have to make sure that I look after my sleep and that's kind of like a bare minimum in terms of the stillness that that's really what fuels my movement. I don't know that everybody, for example, needs to be a meditator if that's not something that's calling to them. Just the same way as not everybody's an extreme athlete. They just need to move. They just need to get out and walk a couple miles, you know, whereas to somebody else, it might be that they need to run a marathon and that's authentic to them. And so I think it's more about finding the unique recipe, including the four pillars that works for us. And just like if you're baking a cake and the cake calls for vanilla, you might not even taste the vanilla, but the vanilla brings out the flavor in everything else. And so there may be a pillar that needs to be expressed, although it may not be so dominant in terms of how much time it takes up in your life, but it's going to enhance your ability to do all the other things that are most important to you. I think balance can be can be frustrating for people because I don't know that that's necessarily how we're built. At least in, in all the years that I've been coaching, that's a point of frustration for sure. people. Mm-hmm. The connectedness that you were talking about, I, I guess I've recently discovered that I've been lacking connectedness for, for quite some time in my own life. And it really is amazing, like how the lack of that has really deteriorated so many different parts of my life. And I'm working on fixing it. But if people are kind of struggling, how do you recognize that that's one of the things that you're lacking? And then how do you fix that? What do you do? What steps do you take? What can you do to help fix that connectedness issue if you discover you have it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think one way to sort of look at our relationship to connection is to look at sort of the quality of the connection in our lives. And a lot of people, social media is very, very sneaky in that it can make us feel connected to people because we're seeing aspects of their lives or we're sharing aspects of our lives or we're even having correspondences through liking and messaging and things like that on social media. But it's kind of like connection junk food. It sort of fills us up, but doesn't really nourish us. And so if you find yourself spending a ton of time, for example, connecting on social media in a very kind of superficial level, then that might be a sign that you're not getting the kind of nourishing connection that you need. So you're kind of filling up on junk food to, to, to make up for that. All of us, or many of us have had that experience when you're with really old, good friends, or whether you're really feeling connected to people, you like forget about your phone, you forget about your phone for 
a long time because you're feeling really connected. And the definition of connection is being able to show up really authentically and oftentimes with some vulnerability. So to be able to show up and, and sort of feel seen, feel heard, feel safe, and also to see and hear and, and hold space for somebody else that can also make us feel very connected. We don't always need to be the one that is sort of sharing. We can just create a non-judgmental space for somebody else to show up authentically. And that can make us feel really, really good. So looking and seeing if you have opportunities for that throughout your day or your week, I would say is really important. And I could go on about this for a really long time, but we also need different types of connections. So when I think about the four pillars, I think about the ingredients that a newborn baby needs to thrive. So those people out there who are parents or who have even babysat know that a newborn baby needs tummy time. They need movement. They need stillness, meaning that they need plenty of sleep. Otherwise they are super cranky. They need nourishment. They need plenty of sweet potatoes and healthy, mushy vegetables, and they need connection. They need to be held and they need to be talked to and they need community. So there's different types of connection, just like a baby. Physical connection is one type of connection. Are you finding any physical contact in your life? Are you touching people? Are people touching you? Are you in connected in community? Do you have a place where you show up where someone knows your name and someone says hello? And then of course, like talking to somebody, just, you know, are you having meaningful conversation with people? Those are all connection. They're different types of connection. A newborn baby needs all of those types of connection. And that's what enables them to thrive. I would sort of suggest that big people are just big babies <laughs> and that we actually also need all of those types of connection along with plenty of tummy time and plenty of sweet potatoes and plenty of sleep. And then barring any other major illnesses or developmental delays, we will thrive as well. So what happens if we don't address those issues? What if the, we just let burnout continue to burn and, and we don't eat well and we don't sleep well and we don't move, we just keep going to work because we've got this endless to-do list. We work 10 hours a day. We drive an hour and a half each way. Just keep, keep going on the way you're going. How's that going to end for us? Well, are you a dad? I am. I am. So what happens if your kid doesn't sleep, eats nothing but sugar and junk food, is always on a screen like 24-7? What shape are they, are they in? Yeah, you know, no, nobody has a good day when that happens. I mean, that's one cranky baby. That's one cranky <laughs> toddler or elementary age kid or however old your kids are. They're a mess. Yeah. And we are really no different. So we're, we'll, we'll be just like that cranky baby that doesn't sleep and that doesn't eat well and that doesn't get any time off of screens or in nature. Like, you know, we would probably be having a temper tantrum if we didn't have to kind of hold it all together for other reasons. Yeah. So we, you've got the four pillars. There's things that we can do. I feel like I've been in a few situations where I know what I need to do, but I can't quite bring myself to start doing it. Right. So, so with that in mind, can you talk about motivation and how people can really get themselves to do the things that they need to do to meet these four pillars and, and stop being a cranky baby? 
Yes, absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that we know is that if you look at people who do have those four ingredients in their lives in consistent ways, they usually do so out of habit, not out of extraordinary willpower. And so the key is really to create habitual behavior, very regular behavior that touches on these four pillars in a way that is authentic to you. So I'm not really a big fan of trying to do something or be someone that isn't you, that doesn't feel like you. So first and foremost, figuring out, you know, what are your, what is your expression of these four pillars? What does movement look like to you? What does stillness mean to you? What does connection mean to you, et cetera, et cetera. That's number one. And then finding small, meaningful, consistent ways to practice those pillars. So for example, maybe it's when you wake up in the morning, if you use your phone for your alarm, which isn't ideal, but if you do, then when you pick up that phone and you turn off your alarm, are you able to actually put your phone down and kind of reclaim the first two to five minutes of your day to be an opportunity for you to kind of check in with yourself. That's a stillness moment. That's just sort of, a, it can also be deeply nourishing or practice gratitude. Something as simple as two minutes of that kind of a moment, sit up in bed, put your feet on the ground before you pick up your phone and dive into social media or the newspaper or whatever your, you know, your kryptonite is just do a body scan notice. How do you feel? How are you entering the day? Are you anxious? Are you motivated? You know, are you tired? Did you drink too much the night before? Like what, what's true? And without judgment, really just seeing that, holding that, and then moving forward through your day, being able to respond. But the key is to make it small and to make it consistent. Even if it's one or two deep breaths before you give your brain up to the world is really, really powerful. And the same goes for all of the pillars, right? That's a stillness practice, but you know, maybe for nourishment, maybe kind of doing dramatic changes in your diet is overwhelming. So maybe you just start by drinking more water and making sure that you keep a giant jug of water on your desk all day and try to get through that jug of water. There you go. So that is, you know, small incremental changes. If it's movement, can you get outside and just take a walk around the block before you start your day at very, very consistent time? You can make it even smaller than that. And, and, when we, when we attach a behavior onto an existing behavior, it's called habit stacking. You may be familiar with this. You know, that's also a really, really wonderful way to kind of start to bring in these consistent habitual shifts. But we live in a culture where instant gratification is key. If I go for a quick 10-minute walk, I'm not going to magically drop 10 pounds. And the motivation tends to, for many people, evaporate pretty quickly because the small steps we know from experience over time, build up and, and produce the results. But how do you keep the motivation going when you've gone for the walk every day, all week and the scale didn't change or, or whatever the thing is, right? Like, how do you, how do you see the long term? How do you see the end game in, in these small steps? 
You know, I think there's lots of ways. I think one way is to continually develop an attitude of curiosity and work with an attitude of curiosity and continuing to learn and read and feel like you're always kind of evolving and growing, even if kind of the physical specific manifestation of what you're going for isn't changing so quickly, you are changing and your ability to kind of continue to feel like you're in growth mode is happening. And I think that depending on your goal, it's it's important to track, you know, is this moving the needle or is this not moving the needle, you know, and maybe is a week a realistic amount of time to expect the needle to be moved and, and probably not because very little things, you know, that developed over months or years of time in terms of problems are solved within a week. So however long it took you to get into that situation to begin with is probably how long it's going to take you to get out of that situation. So if you've been gaining weight for the last two and a half years since the pandemic started, like it might take you a year to get back to a place where you're feeling healthy and slow and steady is usually is what wins the race, especially in these health and wellness realms, because we're trying to make long-term lifestyle changes. So, you know, I think patience is obviously super, super important, but I do believe that it's important to kind of continually reassess like, okay, you know, is this the right, is this really what I need? You know, and maybe, maybe I'm just not getting enough sleep. And maybe if I slept more, my metabolism would be functioning better. And I would be able to run two miles instead of one mile. And then it was really sleep. That was the problem when I thought it was movement. Right. We see a lot of that. Yeah, I bet. Yes, I think I've gone down the uh, the wrong path in trying to figure out what I need to do on multiple occasions. If somebody's listening and they just want, you know, one thing that they could do for each pillar, like today, right now, as you're talking, and I think you've mentioned a few of them as we've been talking, but like one thing for each pillar, what could somebody do right now? I love it. So if you um, sit at a desk all day, setting a timer on your phone with small reminders for you to move your body, even if it's while you're sitting at your desk, doing a spinal twist in your chair, looking over one shoulder, looking over another shoulder, a side stretch, extending your legs out, circling your feet, stretching your head, stretching your neck. These are um, really small things that can be the difference between feeling like you were run over by the truck, by a truck at the end of the day and, and not. So to keep that super realistic, I usually have to set a timer on my phone for every hour or two to remind me and to cue me for that. Cues are really powerful when we're trying to create new habits in terms of stillness. I, I mentioned, you know, sitting at the edge of your bed and taking a minute or two or five before you pick up your phone in the morning. I think that's a really, really powerful, powerful practice. I also know that a, a gratitude practice, as I mentioned, I think briefly, is also a really beautiful way to just slow down for a minute when, when our minds are moving really, really quickly. And I think it goes without saying that seven to eight hours of sleep is, is really important. And the science on that is beyond compelling in terms of what it does to prevent Alzheimer's, you know, everything from that to obviously enabling us to think and function optimally during our day and move our bodies. And it's the ripple effect to all the pillars. 
Nourishment wise, as I mentioned, drink more water and perhaps incorporate another green vegetable. If you don't already have a green vegetable in your day, incorporate one. If you already have one, incorporate a second one at a second meal so that you can have more green vegetables during the day that's deeply nourishing. Listen to classical music while you're working. That can also be really nourishing or whatever kind of music you like for that matter. And in terms of connection, I would say bids for connection. So just reach out to someone that you care about on a regular basis and send them a text that just says, hi. That alone can make you and the other person feel really, really good. And just also, of course, as I mentioned earlier, watch for filling up on junk food connection, because that can be a slippery slope. If there's someone out there that wants to seek out one-on-one help with you, or they maybe want to bring this into their workplace and, and don't know how to do that, where can we find out more about your work and, uh, and the services you offer? Absolutely. Go to our website, heyitsgolden.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn and on Instagram at Hey It's Golden. And we would be delighted to support both individuals as well as organizations in bringing the four pillars into your life in a realistic and meaningful way. Our thanks to Julie Wald. She's the founder and CEO of Golden and author of Inner Wealth, How Wellness Heals, Nurtures, and Optimizes Ultra-Successful People. You can find out more about her in the show notes for this episode at thefitmess.com. Three big takeaways from that interview. Balance can mean different things to different people. You may be rocking it with some of the four pillars of wellness, but need to work on others. These will fluctuate. Just find what works for you and stick to it. Number two, as you try to build up your four pillars, take small steps and turn them into habits. Taking on too much can add to burnout and will likely fail pretty much every time. And finally, whatever recipe you're using for better wellness, use real ingredients. Call or text a friend. Don't rely on social media for connection. Eat real food. Enjoy music or art or whatever you're into. Make sure you're getting enough sleep and moving your body again in ways that work for you and your lifestyle. You don't have to keep up with what everyone tells you you should be doing all the time, especially on social media, like so many of us are guilty of trying to do. You forgot one thing, though. What's that? Napping. Napping. When's the last time you took a nap? Third grade? Me? Yeah. I, I took one the other day. Wow. I actually used my brain tap headset at like four o'clock in the afternoon because I was feeling really run down and I ended up falling asleep. Wow. And I slept for two hours. That's amazing. I never fall asleep in the middle of the day. I produce really, really poor quality work and I'm super tired, but I will not fall asleep in the middle of the day. (laughs) I can't remember the last time I took a nap. It's been years. Although I did wake up crying because I couldn't find my blankie. (laughs) That that sounds more like it. So Jeremy, you don't nap, but if you, the listener, do take naps or even have a blankie, we would love to hear about it. So if you want to tell us about that, you can come join us. If you have a blankie, I want to see pictures in the Facebook group. I don't want to just hear this. I want to see a picture of your blankie in the Facebook group. Stories, pictures, and we'll even go blankie. Maybe, you know, 30-year-old stuffed animal, maybe. That would be cool, too. <laughs> it's been through the washer far too many times. But yeah, join us in our Facebook group where you and fellow fitness listeners, you can connect for some monthly challenges, accountability to reach your goals, and just an overall supportive community. And I'm really hoping we get some pictures of blankies. And, we better. And, uh, if, if we don't get animals. one, I want one picture of a blankie. That would be amazing. I might have to take a picture of my daughters and just send it in and go, 
<laughs> in 30 years, this picture will be relevant. Exactly. Hey, while you're there, you can learn about our brand new mastermind program we are launching soon. We're calling it the Fit Mess Method. It's a mastermind for a small group of people who want to collaborate, help each other grow, and pursue goals that have been just out of reach for far too long, like making time for naps with our blankies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that link is also on our website, thefitmess.com, where we will be back next week with a brand new episode. Thanks for listening. See everyone. We know this podcast is amazing and doesn't seem to lack anything, but we need a legal disclaimer. Prior to implementing anything discussed in this podcast, it is your responsibility to conduct your own research and consult your physician. You should assume that Jeremy and Zach don't know what they're talking about, and they're not liable for any physical or emotional issues that occur directly or indirectly from listening to this podcast.